listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Okay, much better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 176, where we will be discussing chapter six of City of Lost Souls, No Weapon in This World. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> My name is Robin. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that Rude. <laughs> so funny. So how did you the guys... best part of friendship. It is. Sorry. How did you guys survive the, the great AO3 outage of 2023? Oh, was that just me? Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're saying. Uh, Archive Archive of Our Own. That's not true. Wait, what? I watched a TikTok about it, so I do know. Archive of Our Own is a fan fiction website, and it got uh, attacked by a a Russian group trying to pretend that they were a different group because there's a lot of gay content. Oh, Oh my gosh. But it's funny because, like, usually those attacks are, like, towards businesses and then they're like losing money every day that their stuff's not on but archive of our own is like completely volunteer run and like doesn't make any money like it's all based on like donations and stuff so i'm like what are you doing (laughs) what's going on but it it, weird it destroyed a lot of people's lives and so yesterday on prime day i finally broke down and bought a kindle and so it'll be here on Friday, and I'm going to download oh. all my fan fiction so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. That's where you read it all. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, because you can okay. download them from the internet and, like, put them on your Kindle. So then you don't have to worry about the internet being out and, like, the server being gone or whatever. Okay. Interesting. Huh. I'm going to move my mic, and I'm really sorry, but I have to. I should have thought about this before. This is what happens. So, my bad. You guys, listen to my story. Ooh, yes. And it is not a story. I only have four hours left. <gasps> Let me make sure that that's correct. Of Chain of Thorns. And, oh, I lied. It's six hours, but still. <laughs> still really I feel close. like I am right there. At the cusp of, like, getting to the resolution of everything. For sure. And I miss Will. Of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like, being back That's in that time period that. and not being with Will yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Tessa. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, his jokes and stuff. Demon Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well... Like, James, I like that James isn't a carbon copy of his father, right? Like, like I like mm-hmm. that he has his own. But also, I'm like, Matt isn't quite Will. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. We we don't quite get the, the Will energy that I would yeah. like somebody yeah. to have taken up the mantle of the Will energy. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, yes. Gideon or Gabriel's son. Like, I would have liked to see one of their children be, like, a total fucking just absolute monster. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I love Big all Will the energies. But, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big Will energy. Big Willie style. Yes. Yes. Yep. No, 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 no. We just got the title of this episode. 
<laughs> That's anyway. record time. Four minutes. I... <laughs> That's what she's doing. Big said. things today. Hmm? I'm just so excited because I've been getting some good listening time in this week. So love it. I just had to share. I love Anywho, it. Anywho, I uh, am potty training a child. So my life's hard right now. Not really. <laughs> She's amazing. This too shall pass. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get through it. Yeah. It's okay. You'll be on the other side of things afterwards. <clears throat> You'll just be one step closer to mm-hmm. a little more independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I want you to know that Miss, in a, Miss Independent is playing in my brain right now. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We turned on the radio. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> okay, listen. Really quick debate, and then we'll jump oh. in because mm-hmm. we're busy. And Kristen sent me a TikTok. That's another thing with, like, your internal monologue. And okay. she was like, I'm confused. And I was like, I'm confused, too, because this guy... This TikTok is, this is a big paraphrase here, but he's basically like, when I'm going to do something, I have to like describe every step Mm -hmm. at like, first I'm going to get the coffee, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to put it in the curate, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to close the lid, and then I'm going to put my cup under, and then, and I'm just like, I don't think it would be physically like possible to function if you don't tell yourself the steps. So apparently- Like you're doing- an online tutorial to yourself. This is right. This it threw my brain into outer fucking space. I was like, apparently, neurotypicals like habit. Like I've always, you know, you hear like thirty days to make a habit. Blah, blah, blah. Never, never, not once. Right? I could do something every <laughs> single day for four years straight and miss it one time and then never do it again. I, I don't have yes. The, the ha- I have addiction, which is not the same thing as a habit. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. So lucky me, my brain can make the connection for an addiction, but my brain cannot make the connection for a habit. I was so blown away. I was like, what do you mean people just do things? Like, like, there are people that just brush their teeth automatically. I have never once in my life ever brushed my teeth automatically. I have always thought, oh, shit, I got to brush my teeth. And then... Yeah. Go and I said toothpaste, water, like in my head, <laughs> like it's a whole thing. Uh-huh. So when you we, don't, when do Andy and I first brush had brush, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a theme song. Well, when and Andy and I first had little all kids, the I would do that, but I would tell Lincoln or even Olivia now what I'm doing before I can hold on. I just have to do this and this and this and this before I can come back to you or whatever. And Andy thought I was, like, passive-aggressively trying to tell him he needed to do those things. I was like, no, bro. I am literally talking to myself. This is for my benefit. You're like, I want to mentally check it off my checklist. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like Lincoln deserves to know what's going on in my head. I don't care that he's six months old. You Uh know? (gasps) Well, Well, and if I can't check it off, then it didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't do it. And and if you don't say it out loud. Not writing it down on your list if you... already did it just write it down so you feel good well and and like if you don't say it out loud you won't remember right like saying it out loud triggers the brain to be like make sure you remember this because i'll remember my own voice i'll remember what i said Uh but if i thought it it would just 
gone. Yep. Listen, I tell other people to remind me to do things. And I'm like, I'll do it to Amanda all the time because yep. I'm with her. Because then I will feel guilty. Yes. That I don't want her to have to do something for me. So then I will remember. Because it's like I was telling my husband, remind me to order these sheets for my grandma. She wants these sheets. And then um, he didn't have to remind me because I didn't. I had guilt all day that he was going to have to tell me before I would remember to do it. Okay. And so then I remembered. That's, you, that's, you my, gotta, that's my habit. You gotta love my it. Habit. I just like to say it out loud. Remind me of this so that it's a reminder for myself. There's no way Andy's going to remember to remind me my grandma needs sheets. <laughs> Or your grandma. (laughs) Don't you love it when your issues stack just right that you get to hack your own brain? (laughs) You're like, I'm going to hack my biochemistry with my own trauma response. (laughs) That is very true. That is exactly what's happening. I'm living in 2030 over here. (laughs) Yeah. And I air quoted habit and nobody could see that. So I'm going to tell I air quoted habit. That's my have it oh that's so funny yeah <sighs> I was just telling Andy yesterday that I wanted to make you know, it create it takes what 30 days right to make a habit is literally what I said to him yesterday I want to be a morning person so I had my alarm set this morning I'm on vacation right now technically from work because I'm potty training right mm-hmm. so I had my alarm set no, I still slept until like 7.30. <laughs> I am not a morning person. And I didn't even get up on purpose at 7.30. It's because I have kids. Anyway. What time did you go to bed? Down. Uh-huh. Mm. 1 a.m. You're not asking me, but that's the time I went to bed. It was probably closer to 11 last night. I did not play on my phone before I went to sleep. Oh, congratulations. That's hard. I was going to try to get up early. Yeah. It's very hard for me. Some For some reason, no matter how tar- tired I am, I have to clear my brain of what I might have missed out on, I guess. Mm-hmm. FOMO. Uh-huh. It's weird. You got to do the scroll. Yeah. <sighs> you guys, if you don't have anything else, I have something cool to share. Do it. Okay. We have a review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if I ever say where they're at. So if you guys ever want to go read this on your own, that's where it is. (laughs) And it's from Ashley. And Ashley gave us five stars because Ashley is a boss. Thank you. Right? (laughs) And it says, the the title subject, I love this podcast. I read the first three TMI books as a teen and... 15 years later, I have rediscovered the Shadowhunter Chronicles. I think my best friend who urged me for years to read the Infernal Devices has gotten burned out on my chatter <laughs> as I work my way through all of the Shadowhunter Chronicles books. <clears throat> so discovering your podcast has been such a joy. <laughs> <laughs> Listening feels like having friends to chat incessantly about these books with. I love your banter and humor, and as I follow 30-something millennials, I crack up at so many of your references. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get to the dark artifices. Love my Slytherin teen dad, Julian. Yes. <laughs> and I'm eager to hear your thoughts on Chain of Thorns. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, we are also very <laughs> excited to get to the dark artifices. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. 
Thank you very much, Ashley, for taking the time. We love hearing that everyone loves our dumb millennial shit. Yes. (laughs) It's just encouraging us to make more dumb, untimely jokes. (laughs) Like Big Willie style. (laughs) Case in point. That's all she wrote. Is that a saying still? Yeah. Is that oh, yeah. known by uh-huh. people these days? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I used to. I just had a panic attack a little bit because I thought I didn't write my script. You guys, I totally did. <laughs> I did that you too. Did. I did that too. That happened to me. <laughs> oh. And I, I didn't um, panic scroll to make sure that I actually wrote the right information. But like, you did. what would I have done differently? Oh. Uh huh. I don't know. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for that wonderful review, and thank you, Amanda, for always you. reading our reviews, so we don't have to. Yeah, I should probably should have pre. I should probably pre-read them so I don't get so tripped up. But I think that's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a genuine reaction. Yeah. <sighs> well, we've got a long chapter today. So what do you say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. We open our chapter with Anne asleep. Wait, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I tried to go off script and that doesn't make sense when your subject verb agreement doesn't go with it. <laughs> so let's try that again. <laughs> we open our chapter with a sleepy time Clary. Okay, balls deep and one of her trademark dream sequences. She's in what we assume is Idris Elba at Lake Lynn with her evil brother and a Stockholmed Jace. When she wakes from her slumber, there's warmth at her backside. And luckily for her, it's not her child wetting the bed. It's Jace IRL. He's acting hella suspect, holding her mouth closed and telling her not to scream. Their snuggle party turns into a makeout sesh, which is quickly trampled by Sebastian coming into Clary's room, acting fake frazzled about Jace pawing at his sissy. Jace passes his persuasion check, sending Sebastian to wait in the hall. Clace have a strange conversation that makes evident that Jace has drunk the Morganstern Kool-Aid, citing that he and Sebby Boy are bound together. From out in the hall comes a shrieking, and Clary runs out to find herself on the sidelines of the world's most awkward family reunion. Jocelyn is staring at her at her double returned from the dead son. The tension is palpable, and Jocelyn is attempting to take the pacifist route, saying that Sebby and Jace need to GTFO, and she won't call the clave. Dear old son can't help but stir the pot as mischief is his middle name, <laughs> making Jocelyn quickly lose her cool and resort to the sixth love language. Violence. She <laughs> nicks Sebby's face, thanks to his shadow hunter super skills, and Jace starts bleeding, shedding a bright light on the bound business. It's not long before Daddy Luke, trademark pending, shows up to shut the party down, greeting the room with a 12-gauge and some much-needed Garraway sass. <laughs> he ends up firing a shot that misses thanks to Jace pouncing on him, which earns our fair-haired shadow hunter a shiner. Pow! Right to the kisser! This, of course, makes Sebby bleed, and he decides that he's officially done fucking around and drops a charismatic villain swagger. Attacking Luke and stabbing him in the chest. Before Sevi can finish him, Jace saves the day by grabbing his jacket and activating their portal meat ring. 
<laughs> Jocelyn throws Luke's dagger at the vanishing boys and then gets down to business to stave Luke's bleeding and call the pack. She tells Clary to pack what she can into a backpack because they're blowing this popsicle stand and they ain't coming back. I love it. I love it. <sighs> I What I really don't like is the idea of Sebastian referring to Clary as sissy because that creeps me out because my brothers call me sissy and okay now I I knew like it's so funny because whenever you see like things about like siblings and people talking about oh you know people who don't know how to write siblings and da 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 there is a huge difference between age gap siblings and normal siblings right Mm -hmm. like my brothers call me sissy because I was literally an adult when they were born. And they've called me that since they were mm-hmm. since they could talk, right? So, like, yes, they are giants and, like, way taller <laughs> than me and adults now. But they still call me sissy. And that's fine. But this situation, I'm like, that makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like close siblings, like they call each other like fuckface, right? Like that's exactly what I say to my friend. <laughs> like, hey, you piece of shit! Like that—that's a term of literally. <laughs> the the thing we do with um, each other was... on TikTok is we either send each other garlic bread TikToks or some of those that are really funny where someone runs up and just like flips off the camera or calls you a bitch. <laughs> And that is what Ben and I uh-huh. send back and forth to each other. That's how we love each other. Yeah. I was leaving my brother's work and I was like, wait, I just need to go tell my brother he smells bad. And he heard me <laughs> like, from like down the hall. Like it, it's just like his ears were turned on. Before I leave, I got to tell him he smells bad. And then my children, my youngest calls his sister sissy, but they are six years apart. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There is that. That's funny. Oh, well, creepy. if it makes you feel any better, Sebastian and Clary didn't grow up together, so maybe it's more okay there somehow. That makes you feel but worse. But he kissed it, her. It's worse. So it's, yeah. It's yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Okay, you guys. So Jocelyn and Clary um, are making their way to Captain Savaho's apartment, a.k.a. Magnus <laughs> motherfucking Bane, high warlock of Brooklyn and protector of Fairchilds, Lightwoods, and the occasional Herondale. So they'd taken Luke to pack headquarters where they were able to like treat his injuries and get him stable. And once it was confirmed that like he's stable and he'll survive for now, um, Jocelyn had to make the call to leave her man in the capable hands of his pack, worrying that she and Clary might accidentally lead Jace and Jonathan to them and endanger the whole pack. Like that's Mm -hmm. no bueno. Plus, she needed to ask Magnus about helping, right? Yeah. She's like, I got to go to my old friend. I've I've got shit to handle, right? Yeah. Because obviously, she has to find a way to keep Clary safe. Because I'm sure in Jocelyn's mind, she's like, Jace is going to keep coming after Clary. And that's going to be a fucking problem. Mm. So... So seeing this side of Jocelyn is really interesting. There's, I, I have a couple of quotes throughout my section. I haven't been quoting Me a too. lot. 
lately, but this is a very like there's important shit happening. We're we're getting into yeah. the we're getting into the you know the call to action area. Um, okay. So where are we? Okay, here we go. Um, but like seeing the side of Jocelyn is interesting. Like she's going full survival mode, and Clary very much notices. Um and this is in Clary's point of view. She says, Jocelyn had put on a long coat before they'd left the house, but beneath it, she still wore the clothes that were stained with Luke's blood. Her mouth was set, her gaze unwavering on the road before her. Clary wondered if this is how her mother had looked walking out of Idris, her boots clogged with ashes, the mortal cup hidden in her coat. Um, yes, Clary, how astute of you. I do believe that this is what your mother looked like while she was fleeing Idris. <laughs> yes. Being a boss ass bitch, taking charge of herself. Well, and the that calm that comes over you as a parent when like there's an emergency and you're like, okay, this is mom mode. I need to go into handle it, you know, where I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm just disassociating and just getting shit done. Right. Yep. We can deal with the freak out later. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we can process our emotions later. I mean, for sure. Jocelyn's like, I just, like, stabbed my son. Right. Mm-hmm. He's evil. But it, I mean, still. But still. Yeah. So Clary's reminiscing as they hurry through the snowy streets on a familiar path. The memories triggered by the silent brothers, like, rifling around in her head. All those weeks ago surely it was months by now right (laughs) i love that we don't ever try to dig in and find out the exact timeline because i like that it's a little bit of a clusterfuck (laughs) yeah so she she finally um climbs or when they finally climb the steps and ring the buzzer they're greeted with quote this is magnus opening the door saint magnus is home for wayward shadow hunters (laughs) And he's like, spare rooms are in the back. (laughs) Which is a great little callback to the Infernal Devices where um, Magnus is lecturing uh, Will about how he's not, like, this isn't a home for wayward shadow hunters and I'm not, like, the protector of shadow hunters. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) A century later. Let us just chip away with you for a century. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. We'll just chip away. <sighs> oh, my gosh. So um, so they're ushered in, um, and he directs them to their temporary rooms. And Clary, like, has a moment. She chooses a room that just happens to be the same color as her old bedroom, which I think is a magic thing. I don't think that's mm. a mistake. Um, and uh, Chairman Meow is, like, in the room, which I also don't think is a mistake because cats know things. Um, mm-hmm. But she, like, goes and pets the cat and she realizes that she's, like, all bloody still from Luke's blood and, like, kind of has a bit of a freak out uh, in the privacy of her room. Uh, and then once she kind of is over that, uh, she changes and shoves all those pesky emotions down before heading out back into the living room. She's like, mm, conceal, don't mm-hmm. feel, not today. Um, uh-huh. And Jocelyn is giving Magnus, like, the rundown about everything that happened and, like, what's going on with Luke, um, along with some, like, new information uh, that Clary hadn't been privy to 
And then she tries to stop talking when Clary comes in. But Clary's like, dude, I saved the world. I can handle knowing the truth about Luke. Like, how dare you? (laughs) And so. I am a fucking hero. Right. Right. (laughs) And honestly, if I was her, I'd be throwing that in my mom's face all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you couldn't kill dad, but I did. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, not directly, but (laughs) I manipulated an angel into murdering our father. (laughs) Yeah, he deserved it. So it's fine. So the the news is Luke is stable for now. But as it turns out, the tip of Sebi's blade broke uh, off inside of him. And it must be have some sort of like magical properties because it's pinballing around inside Luke's body, tearing up his internal or- organs with no intention of exiting. And so when they tried to, <sighs> apparently when they tried to extract the piece, it burrowed further into Luke's body, like into the bone. Um, like a tick. Yeah. Thankfully, the little tidbit triggered, uh, that little tidbit triggered Magnus's centuries old, uh, or I'm sorry, that little tidbit triggered Magnus's centuries old, or centuries worth of all-encompassing magical knowledge. Um, that shit is demon metal. He's like, I got it. <laughs> like, if this was Jeopardy, I would win. Um, unfortunately, Magnus's knowledge isn't as all-encompassing as we would wish, like, it's more of a general encompassing versus, a like, all of the information. Um, and while he knows it's definitely demon metal, the question is what kind, and that will tell him how to go about removing it. Yes. I have a question in school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So shouldn't Jocelyn have learned about that in, like, Shadowhunter schools that she went, like, because they don't go to regular school, right? Mm-hmm. This seems like something they would have studied back in the day, and she should have known, but okay. I don't Whatever. know. Maybe she had a crappy tutor. Yeah. Right. She wasn't very good at science. That's me. I know. It doesn't sound like any of the shadow hunters really are into science. <laughs> yeah. Alec that's is the true. only one that seems to remember any Henry. of his school stuff yeah that's true that's true henry is very good at science yeah uh-huh. but henry's also henry's also kind of shy yeah so there's that <laughs> yeah that's true i wish i was a stem girly dude i'm not i wish mm. oh yeah me too i wish I, my brain was nope. better mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. not <laughs> well and i couldn't imagine okay so like switching in universes here i really love the idea of like a pensive where you can kind of take your thoughts out and like re like collect them and then re Mm -hmm. arrange them and look at them differently because like how are you that old and like you can remember all that stuff like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm slipping and i'm like 35 and i i can't that show are you smarter than a fifth grader would not not pass no, Jeff Foxworthy would be roasting me, okay? Uh-huh. Like, so I wonder, either he's got to keep really good journals, that he, but he, like, do you just go back and reread your own journals? I don't know. Maybe there's something like that in this world that I don't know about or I'm not clicking, but that would be cool to have. Maybe he, like, does a lot of, like, brain building, ex- like, a lot of Sudoku or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's like maybe he invented yeah. Sudoku. Yeah. Or he has some sort of magic that like gives him great recall. That's true. Oh yeah, maybe. He's like total recall. Yes, exactly. I think it's okay, so this is kind of I have a question. Because I also feel like I forget a lot of like you know, if if I'm not using the knowledge, it'll like the tether will let go and the For balloon sure. will fly away. However, when I watch Jeopardy, I'm wicked good at Jeopardy. Are you, do you feel this, like, like the useless knowledge? Like it, no? I'm really good at college or elementary kids Jeopardy. Not regular Jeopardy. I'm too dumb for that. You know, I think it's just, I have a, I have a lot of random knowledge that's not Mm-hmm. applicable to mm. like anything else like you know what I mean <laughs> like uh-huh. like some of the shit on there you're just like why would you know that and they do I watch Jeopardy all the time I'm a huge fan I don't I'm not gonna get into it anyway I yeah my favorite Listen, is when they try to do, do um, like pub trivia <gasps> yes I'm sorry it. I cut you off as you were saying your favorite part we were talking at the same time. Tell me your favorite part. Oh, just when old people try to answer questions that are like, uh, like f- fandom questions that you're just like, stop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. we we all know that you don't know what that is. Yeah. Stop. Okay, that's great. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. That was a sidebar that we did not need to dive into. I apologize. Um, okay, so Magnus may not have the answers himself, but the High Warlock of Brooklyn is nothing if not an expert networker, and he knows just where to find the information they need. The Praetor Lupus. Because, of course, we were introduced to them this... This is, like, the gun on the wall, right? If it's introduced in Act 1, it needs to come into play again, right? Like, this is... Yes. This is the situation. So... Uh, with the next course of action settled, Magnus disappears to send over a missive to Jordan asking for assistance, which I'm sure involves a heavy, like some heavy name dropping. Because Clary's like, oh, I'll just, I'll call uh, uh, Jordan and like get in here. And Magnus is like, mm. and it'll be make, mean more coming from me. Like, <laughs> which, fair. <laughs> So finally, ma- dude, if someone else offered to call for me, mm, there is no way I would be jumping to do it. Go for it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, I would agree, except in this situation, just because it's an urgent situation. And if it's an urgent situation, I don't trust anybody else to do it for me. Okay. Okay. Because I'm like, no, you won't get it done. If I've got it, if I've got to turn on like mm. bitch mode hat. Like, I got to, like, put it on and be like, I, I, I'm about to get what I need to get. Then, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm opposite. Maybe that's why I have Listen, you do I got, for me. Exactly. Like, I got rear-ended the other day, and <gasps> I called my husband. Why? We're fine. It was literally just a bump. We were at a stop sign. The guy said his foot slipped off the brake. Everyone is fine. But, like, I called my husband in case I needed a bad guy to be like, yes, we need to call this in. My car has no scratches on it. It was not even a big deal at all. But I can't even be a bad guy in that circumstance. Mm. That's the only I time a fall I'm guy. comfortable is when I need to be the bad guy. 
And if I if mm-hmm. I have to be pleasant on the phone, no, thank you. Because I, <laughs> be, it's because I try too hard, right? Like when I'm when I'm supposed to be like like I just I try too hard, and then I say things that are just like either inappropriate or um, just like the wrong thing to say at the time, and I get all mm-hmm. like in my head about it. But when I when I'm like no I know I'm in the right and I'm about to like make someone regret the day that they were born, that's my element. Okay, I'll make you rue the day. Well, <laughs> I used to take like talk offs um, from my team at the bank. So if if, the, if someone was being rude to them or whatever, they'd be like, "Kristen, will you handle this?" And they they'd pass me the the call, and they used to call it releasing the kraken. <laughs> Because I'd be like, oh, someone's being mean to my team member? Okay, yeah, let's let's go eviscerate you. Thank you. Makes me Releasing the Kristen. <laughs> That's great. I'm really good at defending other people. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Robin and I do that for each other. Standing up for myself? Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's hit and miss. So. <laughs> mm. I just don't like her as much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. We have a long history and it's convoluted. Uh, I can't tell. Yeah. We're not sure. Real hit or miss here. So finally, mother and daughter are alone and no one is currently dying. So they have a chance to like actually discuss what the fuck just happened. And Clary starts out commenting on like the mirrored injuries between Jason and Sebi. And she's like, uh, you know... Attempting to get her mother to promise that she won't, like, kill her, do anything to kill her boyfriend. <laughs> and, of course, Jocelyn's like, uh, I cannot make that promise. <laughs> She's not Good thrilled about taking out her demon son, but... Um, She's not thrilled about talking about her demon son, but Clary pushes her. She's like, I don't really want to have this conversation. And Clary's like, no, but really... So I'm going to read this little excerpt. Clary, her mother rubbed her tired eyes. Can we not discuss this now? But you said you'll think you think he'll come back for me. Jace, I mean, I need to know that you won't hurt him. Well, you can't know that because I won't promise it. Clary, I can't. Her mother looked at her with unflinching eyes. I saw the two of you come out of your bedroom. Clary flushed. I don't want to. To what? Talk about it? Ooh, the mom move. Well, too bad. You brought it up. You're lucky I'm not in the clave anymore, you know. How long have you known where Jace was? So Claire is quick to clarify that, like, no, I I don't know where he is. He just showed up. Mm -hmm. But she does, I like, Mm -hmm. I've got to give her credit because she does tell her mom the truth about seeing him in the Institute and telling the others about it and why and, she like, didn't why she didn't do it yeah. yeah sorry i didn't mean to step on you there no no no. her her reasoning i'm which is a shock because this is not like the clary is not typical mm-hmm. clary behavior right mm-hmm. um we love the character growth yes we're here right yes well she's starting yeah. to finally act like she's her own person because jace isn't around <laughs> It's amazing how you get agency hmm. when you're uh, overprotective and, yeah, overbearing boyfriend isn't around. Um, Okay, so um, obviously love is the answer. So as 
any parent faced with the atomic bomb of boyfriends would. Jocelyn notes to, that Clary is far too in love with Jace. She tries to appeal to Clary's more logical side, explaining that she had once loved Valentine much the same, but her faith turned her child into a demon. Like, I kept trying to give him opportunities to, like, you know, oh, you know, this isn't as bad, or he'll do this, or he'll change, or, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and that never happened. Which... I, like, this is such a hard scenario because from Jocelyn's point of view, totally get it. But also from Clary's point of view, also totally get it. Right? This mm-hmm. is this is like a mom telling their teenage daughter, I was in an abusive relationship. I see you're in an abusive relationship. Let's try to break the cycle and not repeat. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, add in the supernatural and... Mm, Things get a little right. more complicated. The father, son, brother, sister elements that yeah. we have going on here. As Possession well. and yeah. magic and like, you know, yeah. the the mother of demons is involved. There's some <laughs> extenuating no circumstances. Picky. Her name is Lilith. That's not a big deal. We know who she is. I know her. <laughs> We're on a first name basis. I got a gal. Yeah. So Clary's been waiting for this line because she's got a killing blow on standby, right? She says, in case you forgot, I came after my brother, not before. She looked at her mother hard. Are you saying it would be worth it to never have had me if you could get rid of Jonathan? (laughs) It's a good thing Alec decides to show up just then, saving Jocelyn from having to backpedal her ass back into her daughter's good graces. Because really, that's kind of what Jocelyn was saying. And Clary's like, yeah, bitch, but if you wouldn't have stuck with him, Mm -hmm. then what would have happened? Which is fair. It's fair. (sighs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one's wrong in this situation. They're all, unfortunately, mostly right (laughs) on both sides (laughs) so magnus returns upon his boyfriend's arrival but alec is shifty as fuck gee i wonder why Mm. and he's like bruised and shit Mm. and no one says anything because i i suppose that's a shadow hunter commonality they're always kind of rough around the edges Right, I just ran into a random demon on the way here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Clary confirms they're for worst fears. Jace isn't playing Sebastian. There's something else going on, and he's drinking Sebi's Kool-Aid. Poor Alec is really having a rough go of it. If only he wasn't also simultaneously pushing his loving boyfriend away. Like, he'd be much more equipped to deal with the current circumstances. Um, Cl- yep. Clary explains that Jace wanted her to come with them, but wouldn't tell her why. And when she brought up Max, Jace was like unruffled, saying that Sebi is just as much his brother. Ugh. Gross. Mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. So the doorbell rings again, and Magnus heads off to greet the newcomers. He's like, oh, who else is here? <laughs> as Alex settles in for what's sure to be a long night. And Alex pair bro tie bond uh offers them some comfort right like they know that jace isn't dead because he would have been able to feel it um but he can feel that there's something wrong with jace 
Um, and Jocelyn explains that it's most likely uh, because he's possessed, um, offering the tidbit that Valentine was able to tell when Luke had turned into a downworlder through the bond. Which... I am... Uh-huh. A little bit of me is like, mm, this makes this a little more... I don't, I don't love, like, the, the, the line, the parallel line we're drawing here. I don't love it. Right, the callback to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Don't love it. Um, But I could understand how, like, you would be able to feel, like, his change or, like, the, the you know, disease, like, penetrating his blood or, or you know, whatever that, like, okay, I, I could understand that. Because you can feel... If you're parabrotized, like, in pain, right? Like, you should be able to tell, like, mm-hmm, if they're mm-hmm. in danger. Um, so he continues to expound. Um, he felt the bond sever once during the battle, but it was short-lived and Jace was alive and, and well after. Um, but now the bond feels different. Like, right now with what's going on, it's like he's not in the same world. Like, it's not that he's dead, but he's just not here. How could anyone even know that, Napoleon? Right. I feel like that's something that, like, a twin would say. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. they it seemed to have a bond like that. I don't know if it's real. So this brought up another sidebar for me. So how is the Parabroti bond still in effect when he's died and been resurrected, but none of the other protection stuff is? Like, because the right. bond is supposed to be until death. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it doesn't huh. it doesn't extend past and you can't rebond with anybody like after your parabrotite dies. You can't like go be interesting. Get a new bro. Um. So this is like one of those things that I feel like is a is a unresolved mm-hmm. little uh-huh. pothole bunny. Um. I never thought about it, but yeah, you're right. Me either. Because mm-hmm. if you feel it snap, like for me, and I know that this is like obviously not super literal, but it's supposed to be like a tether, right? And when Will and Jem, mm-hmm. when Jem passed, you know, on, not really on, but like he changed fundamentally and then that severed their bond. So if his bond with Jace was severed, it wouldn't have been like, reconnected right because nothing like, unless like, maybe it's like you said his protection one wasn't right uh-huh um, maybe um like raziel was like here i'll leave this for you no charge <laughs> maybe <laughs> it was a gift maybe I'll add this to your favors like i feel like the if you asked the answer would be angel magic i feel for like sure. that would be the answer because the angel did it mm-hmm. and it's angel magic yeah but um protection from the, the angel seems is- like it would also be important mm-hmm. but uh-huh yeah i don't know maybe like you it's like the five second rule if you drop yeah. the food on the floor so like it didn't all like you have 30 seconds to reconnect the cord Right. It was a joke, <laughs> I like it. I think the actual answer is angel magic. But like, come on. I think you're I right. I never thought of it being a plot hole, <clears throat> but I, 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 where you're going. But I think you're right. I think the logical solution would be that Raziel had 
something to do with it. Mm-hmm. That would be uh-huh. my logical conclusion. Um, so, uh, so this prompts uh, a eureka moment from Clary, and they've been popping in and out of existence without a traditional portal. She's like, oh, "That's it. They're not here." I'm like, "Okay, physics, boo." Like, <laughs> you guys. I'm starting out my section like a professional podcaster with a quote that someone else said. (laughs) (laughs) So it's long and I can't summarize it very well. So this is how we're going to get it. It is. Sorry. I just took a bite of a granola bar and it was so delicious. My mouth just can't stop being happy. It's like dancing. Okay. When you talk about there or here, said Magnus, coming back into this to the room with a yawn, and this world and that world, you're talking about I type out here somewhere, but it's basically <laughs> you're talking about dimensions. I don't have the book to requote. There are only a few warlocks who can do dimensional magic. My old friend Ragnar could. Dimensions don't lie side by side, they're folded together like paper. Where they intersect, dimensional pockets can be created that prevent magic from being able to find you. After all, you're not here, you're there. There was no way I was going to be able to summarize that, obviously. So <laughs> there you go. Good decision. So Clary yeah. suggests that uh, that may be why Alec can't feel Jace and why they can't track him. And Magnus agrees that it's possible, and he's like, dude, bruh, damn. Sebastian's got to have hella dollar dollar bills, because (laughs) that shit is expensive magic. (laughs) Uh Uh, I'm so glad people like our millennial jokes, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that is a classic dollar dollar bills. Okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Um, they are interrupted by Brother Zachariah joining the study session. And I think it's cute that he rang the doorbell, right? Because that's who came. That's where Magnus went, right? That's the break between where we were, mm-hmm. Kristen. Um, so Jocelyn is super surprised to see Brother Zachariah there because Magnus had told her he would never dot, dot, dot. Um, but Brother Zachariah cuts her off, explaining that he's no tattletale. He's no rat, okay? <laughs> he will not tell the clave nor the council what's I'm not, going on here tonight. I'm not like other silent brothers. I'm a cool yeah. silent brother. Right. <laughs> That's, exactly. That's exactly what he said. I feel like you're quoting. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know how we can shut off the brothers from, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's got to be something to do with him not being like a full, full on, right? Mm -hmm. Because his eyes aren't closed and stuff. It's got to be something like that. Um, So, yeah, he's willing to take the heat from the clave if he's caught basically keeping secrets Um, and doing girl girl talk. Is that what it's called? That game? Girl chat. Mm -hmm. It's like 80s game. Anyway. Mm -hmm. I think it's girl talk. If it means helping. Yeah, girl talk. With the the giant like doing. The, the fake cordless phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if he's caught, he's willing to take the heat because um, if it means helping the Herondale bloodline, 
then he's he's all for it right and my thought is where the fuck is tessa then Mm. Mm. but okay i understand that like for us to get tessa's story tessa couldn't be also in this because then we would give her whole story away Mm -hmm. Uh but i feel like yeah i don't like it Mm-hmm. It's his grandma. These were published like in between the infernal devices. I feel yeah. like yeah, as they were coming out. Yeah, it just it feels like we miss we have a giant missed opportunity because it was written out of order. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. like Tessa, and I think that's a, the reason it sticks in our craw so much is that get everything given that we know about Tessa, she would be there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Absolutely. She's a ride or die bitch. Well, especially yeah. if Brother Zachariah is there. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. You Preach. said his name wrong, which is a little disrespectful. What did I say? Brother Snackariah, obviously. Oh, Snackariah, yes. Snackariah. I'm so sorry. My favorite, dude. <laughs> My fave. <sighs> okay, so Magnus asks brother Zachariah <laughs> if he's had any luck with Lilith, Lilith's runes so this is what he's got so far Simon's bite on Sebastian gave Sebi a half chub and woke his consciousness okay stop stop pause for laughter he was clearly into it <laughs> gave him a halfy so oh. when um Jay- <laughs> Sorry, I don't have one of those, so I don't know if that's how it works, but I feel like it is. Okay, that's how blood works. If any of the freshman boys were to be believed in high school, then yeah, that is. Right, yeah. So when Jace was left alone on the roof with Sebastian when Cleary left for some crazy fucking reason, I mean, I guess she didn't want her to see Sebastian, I get it, but like you could have stood at the door and been like, no girl, no, don't, no, don't do this. Anyway. Um, uh, Sebastian drew power from the rune like Lilith's rune that was on Jace and it forced Jace into the circle around the coffin that Simon was previously like no don't come in here so uh, or I don't want to come in there so he believes that Sebastian would have drawn in Jace's blood for strength basically like he used some of his blood So basically, Lilith did some kind of like twinning ritual similar to a parabotai, parabrotai, excuse me, uh, situation, but like evil. And there isn't a weapon in the world Uh, that would wound only one of them. Hence the name of this chapter. And Clary is curious if Sebastian. Sorry. Yeah. No world. Yeah. She is curious if Sebastian is into this um, because, like, he seems like he was jealous of Jace. And plus, Magnus is like, yeah, and, like, he killed him. So, you know, (laughs) I feel like there might be some hard feelings there. So this twinning shit is kind of like the spell that Magnus was putting on Clary to help her forget. Jace remembers his past, but his mind is, like, rejecting it. So it's like when Cleary, like when a Mundy sees through a glamour sort of thing or sees a glamour. And 
Alec is just like super jealous. He's getting mad. He's like, what? So they're just like best friends now? What about me, bro? They're just besties. And I'm just out in the cold. They're Linda and Heather now? (laughs) And Brother Zachariah explains that to become one. (laughs) But somehow... He knows he somehow somehow he knows that Sebastian is the leader between the two of them. How does he know that? I guess he created the group, so he's the leader of the pack. I don't know. He created um, and so he created the group chat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the main person in the group <coughs> chat, so he has he has the account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the account holder, so Jace will do what he wants, and I don't know why. But Clary has to ask what Jace wanted from her. I Like, why did he come to my room that night? Or tonight? Girl, like, come mm. on. Bruh. <laughs> Boo. Uh, duh. He loves you. And he still knows that part. Like, he still has his memories. We've gone through this. Um, so Jocelyn throws in a, I told you so. Just awesome. By reminding Clary that's why they had to leave. And so Magnus tells her that they will stay with him. He will put up wards to keep Jason Sebastian out. Or maybe it's wards to not show where Clary is. I think it's to keep them out. Anyway, Mm. he's going to protect them. Yeah. So the question is, what the fuck are they up to? What are they doing? Magnus suggests that they're continuing V-Tang's work. You know, taking out downworlders and dumb shadow hunters that follow along with downworlders and Mm -hmm. Cleary and Alec point out that in the library Sebastian had told Jace that they would be running the institute soon plus Jace had said something to Cleary about Sebastian serving a greater cause and Jocelyn's like the fuck like we who knows what that could mean basically Mm. She goes on a rant Mm -hmm. about how V-Tang meant it as torturing the innocent, brutally murdering people, you know, blah, 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 (laughs) the awful stuff. (laughs) But really, he was just a greedy little bitch. He was childish. And um, she's like on this rant. And so Clary was surprised to hear her mom talk like this, obviously. And she stopped her. She was like, mom damn girl we hear you jocelyn's like bitch you haven't known me like you're just starting to get to know the real me (laughs) yeah this is the real me this is who i am so jocelyn decides okay you're kind of right so she changes the subject with a great plan for them to reach out to the iron sisters hoping that they can find a weapon like Kristen said maybe not in this world that could murder Sebastian but not Jace Mm -hmm. so it goes into great detail about the Iron Sisters and how they're similar to Shadow or Silent Brothers um, but not like super creepy they don't travel so they don't like leave their area and they seem kind of similar to nuns honestly but it's like super they're super badass weapons creators Mm-hmm. They just seem like wep- nuns that ride motorcycles in my head. That's what okay. they are. Yeah. It's like a motorcycle gang of nuns <laughs> is my thought. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Listen, I really like that visual. Thank you for putting that in yeah. my brain. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you're telling me that's not exactly what you were thinking, too? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, their name is so badass. So, in a, but, yeah. like, yeah, of course. Like, that sounds like <laughs> I can see the font in my head. Cool. Thank you. So, um, in a super toddler type way, Cleary says that they need to go to the Iron Sisters now. Like, I feel like she's stomping her foot, mm-hmm. basically. And Magnus can't go because apparently only female shadow hunters can go to the Adamant Citadel, which is where the Iron Sisters hang out. Um, Jocelyn informs Clary that she will not be going because sometimes a mom has to mom for plot purposes. Okay? Uh-huh. You will not be going, <laughs> girl. You're grounded. So Alex suggests, yeah, that uh, Isabel go. But Magnus is like, listen. We all need to get some sleep. We'll send Izzy to the Iron Sisters tomorrow. Nobody can do anything on two hours of sleep except for a mother to a newborn. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Accurate. Jocelyn decides she's going to go with Isabel because, quote, no one is specifically, no one is look, bleh, no one's looking for me specifically. And it's better she not go alone. Even if I'm not technically a shadow hunter, I once was. It's only required that one of us be in good standing. And I quote that because why is it better for Izzy to not go alone? And why would anyone not a shadow hunter visit the Iron Sisters? And why do you have to add that part? We know you were a shadow hunter. You could have just stopped there. We get it. I just don't understand why that last part had to be added. <laughs> Seems unnecessary. Whatever. Uh-huh. I guess so does my commentary um, it's because, sometimes. Uh, she was listening to a lot of Toby Keith. She was like, I'm not as good as I once was. But I'm that as good once sense. as I ever was. Yes, once. Yes. So she can go see the Iron Sisters. Yeah. Just this one time to see uh-huh. how it feels. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, with that... Cleary throws an epic, I'm so tired, I'm also emotionally unstable, toddler tantrum. She's pissed because she wants to go. And Jocelyn is like, girl, he is probably tracking you. Get your shit together. We don't want him to know where we're going to the Iron Sisters and like what our plan is. And she's like, you're ruining my life. Every time you try to keep me safe, you ruin it and you wreck it. It's not fair. And Jocelyn snaps back epically. And she's like, um, no, no, you're the more you get involved with Jace, the more you ruin your own life. (laughs) Girl, he had a knife to your throat. Mm -hmm. And Cleary turns on angry grocery store mom voice. (laughs) And she's like, that wasn't Jace. (laughs) You know, we've all been there. (laughs) It's a threat through, a, like, between your teeth. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. You will stop 
fighting with your sister. It's when it's when your mom in the grocery store grabbed your arm and did not lean down but brought you to her mouth <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, yes. to grit her teeth and, like, talk between her teeth into your ear. Like, you better behave or I'll take you into the bathroom at the grocery store. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. You get the whole, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Yep. <laughs> Nineties thing, yeah. Oh, oh memories! Oh memories of shared trauma, because all of yeah. our parents acted the same in the nineties. Because that's how we they th- did. They mm. really did think that that was the right thing to do. Yes. Did you have you seen Off-card. that uh, TikTok creator that does cigarette mom Sig mom? Mm. Yeah, so that it. reminds me of yeah. my favorite is here. Hold this. It's her cigarette. <clears throat> Uh-huh. Epic. No, no. you got a string. Yeah. Oh, well, you got a string. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you're a little kid and you're like all bundled up and your mom's tying your shoes. Hold, hold on. <laughs> Use the... mm-hmm. God, it's good. <sighs> so, <laughs> listen. <laughs> she keeps going past that Oof. little thing. And she's like, Clary to Jocelyn, I'm sorry if you've been a Mundy for too long. Okay. Magic is real. And that wasn't Jace doing those things. I'm trying to get him back. But if he dies, Alec finishes her sentence because this wasn't good enough, apparently. So he feels like he has to jump in, which is not a cool thing to do, IRL. Your friends do not get involved in your fights with your mom. Okay. Alec finishes her sentence by saying there would be no chance of getting the real Jace back. And Jocelyn is like, dudes, listen, it might already be too late. Like, (laughs) you might need to just get over it. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, like Kristen was saying, I can see both sides of this. Mm -hmm. But if Jocelyn were in Cleary's spot and this were Luke, although her relationship with Luke is a lot longer standing than potentially a few weeks. Mm She would be doing the same fucking thing. So I get it. Yeah. Both sides. This is definitely a case of do as I say, not as I do. And yes, like I'm going to discount your feelings to make my solution palatable. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. because if she really were Mm -hmm. to put herself in Clary's shoes and know that Clary loved Jace as much as she does, which she can see. But that scares her. So her solution of, mm-hmm. well, you might just have to give him up. Well, yeah, because that would be convenient for you, Jocelyn. Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would solve all your problems. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah must be fucking nice. <laughs> yeah. So she goes into a rant in front of Alec Magnus and Rosie, by the way. Okay. She's in front of all these people. She tells her to face the facts. There are so many reasons, including Cleary once thought that Jace was her brother, that the world is trying to tell them she and Jace do not belong together. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But Cleary has no comeback, not even an I hate you. She just goes to the guest room and slams the door. And I just know how fucking good that feels Uh to slam a door when you're angry. It is the bees knees. Makes you feel better a little bit. 
So with that, we're taken off to Simon having a meetup with Raphael on a rooftop garden. And it sounds really romantic. So mm. just leave, do with that what you will. And Raphael is like, dude, there you are. I was wondering if you were going to stand me up. Like, this took you forever. And Simon's like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought about it. Me too. <laughs> and um, there's like this bodyguard kid guy vampire friend with him that make um he's like i don't know he makes Raphael make sure simon knows he's like listen okay let me get this out the correct way this dude says to simon bro when the head of the manhattan clan that's what they call themselves right vampire clan mm -hmm. yeah tells you to meet us, meet him, whatever. You fucking listen, okay? <laughs> Simon's like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, cool. What are you going to do? Take a shot <coughs> at me? What are you going to do about it? Which is very cocky. But I guess he really doesn't uh -huh. like Raphael. So. He, he really is like, like yes, and? Uh-huh. I'll send him back. I'll send him back a charcuterie board with you as the salt. Like <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I not salt. not that salt is on you know what i mean though <laughs> yeah yep uh-huh so Raphael is over it he's done with the jokes he tells simon that he has a job offer for him he wants simon to be his bodyguard because of camille you know the shadow hunters are busy looking for jace and the fastest way for her to get her place back would be just to kill Raphael. obviously he's asking simon because he can protect him during the day, not just at night, like his other vampires. Plus, you know, like the whole Mark of Cain is a pretty cool deterrent for people mm -hmm. attacking him. Simon um, kindly declines because Raphael has done, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> He's done nothing for him. Uh -huh. And it's nothing to make his vampire life any easier. He's made it harder. And Raphael's defense is that Simon should make an, like, don't make an enemy out of me, okay? You don't want that. And he's like, bro, you know you're not a shadow hunter, right? You should be with us, not hanging out with Valentine's daughter. Yeah. And Simon still declines saying he chooses shadow hunters. He knows he's not one, but he likes the way they roll better. This bodyguard dude, friend dude, is like, you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> and there's some shit going down. Oh, sorry. He's saying there's some shit going down soon. And the shadow hunters aren't going to make it through, but we will. So you're making a big mistake. And un like, without even thinking about it, Simon touches the mark on his head. And Raphael tells him that even in a time of darkness, the angels will be destroyed. And so he won't have that protection. So you better hope that you don't lose that mark before the war starts. Because there's a buttload of people that will be waiting in line to kill you. And you know what? I'll be first. Mm. Me first. <laughs> I don't know why I have to talk about him like that. I just think it's annoying. He's just full of empty threats, really. Listen, two things. One, I didn't realize there was somebody else there when I read that. And so I don't know what my brain's doing. I thought it was just okay. Raphael and Simon. 
That's just uh-huh. number one. And number two, when you were saying me first, I thought that meant like you as Amanda were saying me first. Oh, Not right. Like <laughs> That's, saying me first. That is also true. I will be first. Uh, <laughs> yep. Because when I pasted my stuff in there, I saw you said me first. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Typical Amanda. <laughs> Classic Lane. Okay. Clary is lying. So we're back to Clary's pov. Okay. We're back to the pov of the Clary. And she's lying on Magnus's sofa bed, which, to be honest, seems suspect. Like, I got what you're saying with the orange room and the cat, but, like, I just pictured a stunning old world canopy bed in his guest's room. Like, mm-hmm. not a sofa bed. Get out of here. Get out of town. Mm-hmm. So she's lying on this lumpy-ass mattress, obviously, listening to the sounds of the apartment shutting down for bed. It's like, closing time. And she heard her mom go into the other guest room, but Magnus and Alec are, like, still up chatting outside. And she knows... That Magnus has been going to bed crazy late, and even though Brother Snackariah had deciphered the runes, who knows what Magnus's mind could be up to. So she's going to grab hold of her roots and dig into her typical fray bullshit. Okay? That's what she's deciding to do. She's like, I'm, I'm just going to fray today. So she digs into her go bag, pulls out a box filled with her drawing instruments and her stele, and she gets off the bed takes her phone out, sends a text message that reads, meet me at Tacky's to someone that's unknown to the reader. We don't know who she's texting. Annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's being kept from us and I just mm-hmm. am a nosy bitch so I'm not into it. Like, Same. what was the room? Tell me now. Anyway. Mm-hmm. She has a moment of hesitation where she thinks about how she feels kind of guilty for sneaking out of Magnus's apartment, but like, technically, she didn't agree to be housebound so, you know, like, fuck it. And she revisits the Seely Queen's mindfuck message about how she would do anything for (laughs) Jace. So (laughs) she takes out her stele and touches it to the wall and starts to draw a portal. Bro. Somebody needs to take that girl's stele. (laughs) I'm saying it like that on purpose. Stele. <laughs> She's irresponsible. Like, they all just forgot that she could leave. Mm-hmm. Anyway. We're then pulled from Clary, and we're back with Jordan. And I, like, I like this person slash wolf, but, like, it's getting old. Why me? Why do I always have to do the Jordan shit? Why are you at the end of the chapter? I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> okay? But I guess I'll stop complaining so we can get into it. Jordan is... Okay, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. <gasps> Woken up. I know you were scared. You thought something else was going to happen. We were going to get a new transitioning moment. You were wrong. <laughs> he's waking up. That's how we're transitioning. Okay? Startled. I'm, I'm, I am aghast. <laughs> There's a loud bang. And he activates, like he's activating Terminator wolf mode. Jumps out of bed. He's landing in a crouch on the floor. And in this moment of action, he takes a moment to think about how the Praetor has trained him to sleep lightly and be ready for anything. And he scans the room for an intruder, but finds nothing. 
he's just like his internal monologue is like i am such a badass i have been trained for this and look at me using my skills that were honed i'm not even gonna stand up i'm gonna crouch well obviously yeah yeah the banging starts again and this time like he's slipping from sleep he realizes that it's just the front door so he gets dressed and goes to answer it getting ready to get his crotchety old man on if it's some stupid ass college kids he is like he's really he's thinking he literally in his head says they're about to get a face full of angry werewolf that's a quote from the book and I have like secondhand embarrassment for his internal monologue. That was cringy, bro. That was cringy. Not into it, no. <laughs> and before he turns the knob, he thinks about what had happened earlier with Maya and a faint ember sparks that maybe she's decided to give him a third chance and is coming over. And there's this icky thought in his mind about Maya and his past relationship that I will read to you now. This is icky. Mm -hmm. This is no. Quote, there had been a time when their relationship had been all passionate fights and equally passionate makeup sessions. No. Ew. It's giving nausea. Ew. It's gross. Ew. It's giving. I know. But children who try to act like adults. Mm-hmm. Um, it, adults don't act like that. It's giving children that are trying to act like a sitcom or a bad example that they have. Yeah. And it's it's no. Yeah. It's no. Mm-mm. Anyway, don't worry, you guys. It's not Maya. It's Simon's other ex-girlfriend, Isabel. <laughs> I kind of always knew I did up your ex-girlfriend. Anyway, I just wanted to say that because it got in my mouth. <laughs> I had to get it out of my mouth. Jordan is obviously super shocked and is like, Isabel, what? And she quickly tells him that she's there for his roomie and pushes past him into the apartment. And if you're wondering, Isabel smells like Shadowhunter, a scent that Jordan describes as a smell like sun-warmed glass. And that's very poetic and all, but I don't know if I've ever encountered a glass that had a smell to it. No. Not unless it smelled no. like aluminum windows. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> aluminum windows, that has a smell, but it's not sun warm glass. It's not from the it glass. It's very poetic. It's from the mildew and mold in the track. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, like, I get adding that's Okay, I... I I have a love-hate relationship with adding all that other stuff in there. Mm-hmm. The, the flowery, whatever. If it makes sense to the plot or it makes sense to whatever. But, like, don't say that she smells something that doesn't have a fucking smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like fresh grass, cut grass, or, like, dew in the morning or, like, something that actually has a smell. Anyway, I will stop. I feel like sometimes Jordan tells oh, her. Sorry. Go uh, just no go tell. just I feel like sometimes authors try too hard and they they ignore all of the obvious things that people would understand and they go for something like it smelled like ozone where no one knows what the fuck that smells like okay like we're, we're all just guessing like what we think mm-hmm. yeah yeah anyway Jordan informs her that it's two o'clock in the morning and it's late 
And Isabel, on the other hand, reminds him that Simon is a literal vampire. <laughs> like, did you know they are called the night children for a reason? I'm here at night. And Jordan's like, yeah, well, I'm not. And Isabel is physically incapable of stopping herself from flexing her female wiles. And she gets on a sultry like, oh, did I wake you? Before reaching out and like flicking the top button of his undone jeans. And Jordan is like, shwing. You did that sound so much better than me, Kristen. I heard your voice when Shwing! I looked up. So you know. <laughs> yes, that was in my brain. Literally you. And he thinks about how Izzy is super beautiful, but also scary. And he's not quite sure how Simon managed all of that. And Izzy tells Jordan to button up his pants all the way while she heads into Simon's empty bedroom. And she's a little confused that he's not there. And Jordan says that he could be at Clary's since he's been sleeping there a lot lately. And Izzy replies by saying, of course, and then she like bites her lip, but not as much that she would bleed because she's relatable. And Jordan feels kind of bad, like maybe he said something he shouldn't have said. And um, to make things less awkward, he asks her if there was a reason she came over, like maybe something bad happened or like something's wrong. Like, let's cut the tension. And she throws up her hands and reads her list of wrong things going on in her life, uh, like her brother's disappearance and brainwashing by the evil demon who murdered her younger brother her parents are getting divorced and last but not least simon is off with clary and she heads into the living room and asks for a drink and jordan offers tequila and girl lest i remind you ma'am you are a baby mm -hmm. you're an yes. infant child mm -hmm. you're a baby and izzy takes the offered shot of jose cuervo like really mm. really Mm. that's what you're gonna drink mm -hmm. anyway we're just we're 1800 people in this house and by we i mean me because i'm the only one that drinks tequila and so she takes a shot without a flinch and then she says it's not enough opting to take the bottle from jordan's hand and just swig it straight swallowing three times and my old lady heartborn could just not do that nope. my chest felt Same. a fire mm -hmm. it felt a light as i was reading that mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyway, but Jordan, of course, asks her where she learned to drink like that. And then she tells us that the drinking age in Idris is 15. But, like, I've been drinking wine mixed, like, with water with my parents, like, since I was, like, a kid. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> I lost my... I got too into character and I lost my page. So that's why that awkward pause was there. Okay. Jordan steers the conversation to a close, like a freaking expert. He is skilled at this. Okay. If the Praetor has taught him anything, it has taught him how to transition subjects pretty well. <laughs> and he asks if there's a message that she wants him to give to Simon. Like Simon's not here. I will be your answering machine. What can I tell? And she says, no, she'd gotten quote, all liquored up. Uh, to come over here and talk to him. And of course, he's at Clary's. And Jordan's like, um, sorry to interrupt here. I just thought that him going over there was like your idea. <laughs> Which it is. But I think we've all been there where you know it's the right thing. And you should feel happy that you made a good decision. But deep down, you're drowning in FOMO envy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it was my idea. Because I know it's, like, the right thing to do, but it's not what I actually want. Right. right and want are two different things. And Izzy says that she isn't going to tell Simon to stop going over there because she owes Clary. 
because Clary saved Jace's life. And there's only a handful of people that have made it into her lightward circle of trust. And thanks to Clary, she didn't lose one of those people. Clary saved a fellow Lightwood, so she owes her a life debt, which is, like, kind of unlikely to play out. So she'll just give her something that will make her less unhappy. Like, I'm not going to lay down my life for her or give her a life for this life she saved. So, like, I'll just be a good person to her. (laughs) And Jordan reminds her that Simon is, like, alive. Like, unalive, I guess. Like, he is has his own autonomy and like it's she's he's not really hers to give to somebody like you can't give you izzy you can't just go around <laughs> giving people to other people and jordan does a little mental sidebar like as they're having this conversation and he wonders if simon is actually over clary since he's definitely not like not simon like he is in jordan he's like i'm definitely not over maya like, because she's, you know, my teenage first love, whatever. I wonder if Simon is over Clary. And unlike any other time we've had these mental gymnastics, Izzy calls him out on his daydreaming. And she's like, are you listening to me? Hello. Which I love it because that's just Izzy's personality. It really is. And she asks him how things are going with Maya. I know. (laughs) She's awesome. Okay, she's like, hey, tell me the deets. How are things going with Maya? And Jordan says, um, like, nothing's going with Maya. And he's not sure if she's ever going to stop hating him. Which is totally an unfair statement since she was chill as fuck and he went and got all weird and possessive. Mm -hmm. And Isabel obviously doesn't know any of that backstory. So she tells him that Maya might not hate him after all and reassures him, like... I'm not just saying that to you. I don't do false reassurances. Like, I'm like, I will tell you my opinion. I'm not just going to say stuff to make you feel better. And Izzy pushes the tequila bottle away from her and gets all seductive, telling him, come here, werewolf boy. And Jordan thinks about seeing her outside of the ironworks in her red dress and thinking about how she was like, this was the other woman for Simon. Because obviously, like, he's Maya, in his opinion, isn't going to be the other woman. And she didn't look like the type of girl that you could cheat on and survive. And she also doesn't look like the kind of girl that, like, you say no to. So he slides around the corner. And Izzy pulls him in close and starts, like, petting him, Uh -uh. telling him that he's gorgeous. Uh -uh. And Uh -uh. he thinks again how he knew that he was, like, good looking or whatever because of how people in the street looked at him. But the only thing he'd ever really cared about was how Maya would see him. Because, you know, he's truly, madly, deeply Mm-mm. in love with her. <laughs> but Don't all that savage aside, he's looking up at him. <laughs> yes. yes. That's for with, pure uh, shit. That's not Izzy's for this. Looking... <laughs> no. it's, it's for this right now. It is. <laughs> I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. <laughs> So Izzy's looking up at him with her big, dark eyes, and he wonders if she would taste like strawberries if she kissed him because her lips were the same color as strawberries. And I'd like to just take a moment here and ask the class, specifically Amanda, how are you into this dude? Like, I know Simon is annoying, but get a load of this fucking douche canoe, bro. Uh-huh. I, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I'm not into him this second read. 
for sure. <laughs> crazy that was your eyeballs opening yeah like i know what are we it's doing? weird to what are we doing here buddy? what are we doing here how is this yeah. appropriate it's not i don't it's know crazy <sighs> yeah anyway sorry i'll stop now that was just it's funny the way you see things obviously it happened uh-huh. to us too it's just yep yep continuing on izzy finishes her thought which as a refresher okay i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of take you back because i i went all crazy Chicka cherry colad, okay. And Izzy says, "You're gorgeous. You know that, right?" And at the end of that other thought, after we've had this little sidebar, is, "And I just don't care." And it's taken this long for Jordan to make a feeble attempt to call it off, which it doesn't really count because Izzy like already did. Um, not that she's in the best light here either, okay. But anyway, sorry. She feels like she should care about how hot H-A-W-T Jordan is, but she just doesn't. Not that she'd, like, go to town anyway because of, like, Maya and she has, like, girl code, but she's upset that she doesn't want to hook up with him. And Jordan feels, quote, in his brain, relief and also the tiniest twinge of disappointment. Dude, I... (sighs) Is this just, like, more and more proof that Jordan's not a good dude? I just, like, how did I not red flag this when I read it? Because he, I don't know. He looks and behaves like all of, like, what media tells you normal cisgendered heteronormative males behave. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Not that it's any better, but I guess it makes me feel but, better. But now now our, our eyes are open and we can see it. And we're like, ew. Ew, gross. Ew. Ew. Get away from Not me only are you a creep who was into some younger girl, you are still obsessed with her, yet you don't actually love her because you're okay just, like, randomly almost hooking up with some chick. Like. Yeah. <sighs> I just, yuck. Yuck. Mm. Yep. Yuck. Gross. Gross. Izzy laments that she thinks about Simon all the time, and it's totally awful because she's never been like this before. Rounding out uh, this cute little moment by calling him, saying, quote, scrawny little mundane bastard. Except he isn't scrawny anymore. Or a mundane. And I like spending time with him. He makes me laugh, and I like the way he smiles. You know, one side of his mouth goes up before the other one. Well, he lived with him. You must have noticed. Uh, and obviously, Jordan <laughs> hadn't noticed that. <laughs> He's not. He doesn't have Simon's affinity for describing other male characters. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's no Simon here <laughs> noticing his sandy blonde hair and stuff. So they talk about how Izzy is feeling with the whole Clary slash Simon spending all this time together. And she says that she thought things had changed between her and Simon. Like, like Izzy was feeling like maybe things have changed between us after the whole like Lilith kerfuffle. But he's like with Clary all the time and she can't be angry at him. It's like she's very confused. And Jordan reminds her that it's okay to be mad at Simon because Clary lost jace that is true Mm -hmm. like yeah clary lost jace 
but you also lost your brother and he should be more attentive to that fact with you. Like, like I get that he's trying to like cheer up Clary, but like you also lost somebody important, probably arguably more important to Isabel than Clary, who's known somebody for probably about eight weeks now. <laughs> and Izzy kind of is like, she reminds Jordan that her and Simon aren't dating. Like she just likes him. And she tells Jordan that, um, like, you know what? You're not so bad. And offers to tell Maya some good things about him to, like, pump her up. And Jordan says no thanks. And he tells her that it's, um, basically, it's normal to want to spend time with people that you care about when you're going through something rough. Um, but he's not sure if Simon knows that that's how Isabel feels about him. Like, not saying Simon doesn't feel that way, but he doesn't, I don't think he knows how you feel. And Izzy, of course, wants all the freaking hot goss about what Simon says to her, like about her to Jordan. Tell me everything he says about me. And he explains that, like, Simon feels superfluous to Izzy's life. Like, she's just this amazing, beautiful badass, and he can't give her anything because she's already perfect. And, like, internally, he thinks he might be crossing some wires, like, with his feelings with Maya. And it's kind of him gushing a little bit, like, about how he's so obsessed with Maya, even though he's just going to, like, physically not be obsessed with Maya and be obsessed with Izzy. But, like, it's cool. It's cool. Whatever. And Izzy's like, okay, so what you're saying here is I should tell him how I feel. So she grabs a bottle of tequila and she's going to head to Clary's. And Jordan tells her to put the brakes on, but Izzy doesn't want to lose her nerve. Okay, she's like, no, I'm pumped up for this. And Jordan has this flash vision of, like, drunk Izzy going to, uh, like, one of the windows at Luke's. Because he was like, you're going to walk over there. Like, do you even know which windows, like, Clary's? And she's like, no. So she's just going to go knocking on random windows at Luke's. And then he, like, ends up telling her no and, like, takes the bottle back from her hand. And so Izzy makes to sand, which if you've ever drank in a lot of liquor in a small amount of time, when you are sedentary or stationary, <laughs> and then you stand up, it all kind of punches you right in the face. Yep. Been there, done that. So she gets that rush of alcohol and ends up falling backwards, Jordan catching her just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. crazy okay um i hope things turn around next chapter yeah with jordan although i don't know if they will we're fighting now mm-hmm. yep right so, you know. <laughs> yeah so um make sure you read chapter seven a sea change i feel like i typoed that wrong and i'm not gonna go back and look so that's what i'm going with for next week's yeah. episode for behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. And bye. 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 bye.